0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Inside Business and Technology. I'm Kieran Hancock, finance correspondent of the Irish Times. This week we're going to discuss Johnny Ronan's likely exit from NAMA and return to the Irish property market and a report commissioned by the Irish Hotels Federation on debt levels within the industry. I'm joined by the Irish Times Business Editor John McManus and economist Alan Ahern who authored the report on the hotel sector for the industry. Alan is Professor and Head of Economics at NUI Galway and is a current advisor with the Strategy, Practice and Review Department of the International Monetary Fund. He is also a member of the Central Bank of Ireland's Commission. Alan, let's begin with you and your report on the hotel sector. Um, Let's start by just putting the the sector itself into context, if you like. How many hotels are we talking about? How many staff do they employ? What kind of contribution do they make to the economy?
1: Um, Well, there's about 835 hotels in in Ireland at the, the moment. Uh, It's an important sector. I mean, if you take the wider tourism sector, you're probably talking about close to 200,000 jobs. Uh, Tourism probably adds somewhere between five and a half and six billion to the economy every year. And the hotel sector is an important part of that sector. Uh, and it's a, uh, tourism is a sector that's been growing. It's created uh, probably about uh, eight, 17,000, 18,000 jobs over the last couple of years. Uh, so it's um, something like one in, out of every four new jobs that's been created over the, over the last two years has come from the tourism sector. So it's, uh, it's a very important sector for, in terms of uh, the recovery of the Irish economy.
0: And your report shows that the level of indebtedness uh, in the sector was 6.7 billion euro at the end of 2012. It's a staggering sum. How did the sector ever become uh, so indebted? Um, it was
1: 6.7 billion of debt at the end of 2011. Now that's come down a bit to about 5.3 billion at the end of 2012. Thirteen, and and the way that the sector became so indebted is that, uh, like like many uh, other parts of the Irish economy during the boom years, there was a huge expansion. Uh, a lot of new hotels were built. Current uh, the hotels that were there expanded, and all this was done by borrowing more. It was it was debt led um, growth. Um, And that seemed like it was sustainable in the the go-go years when there was big profits being earned. But then the bubble burst, as it did did in the housing market, and the hotel sector was let with just far too much debt. Uh, And, of course, at the same time, business declined because there was fewer tourists coming in and the the a, a big hit came from the fact that the, the people in Ireland just didn't have the disposable income to be spending in hotels uh, as they did in the 2003-2006 period so all that meant that the hotels were left in a position where they, they their balance sheets were really messed up
0: And you're suggesting that we probably need a further reduction of about 1.4 billion euro for the industry to become sustainable again how do we get to that situation?
1: Um well, what's needed is um the balance sheets that need to be fixed and yes uh, some some are in the in the region of about one and a half billion. of of an adjustment is needed Um, and the key to that will be getting new investment new equity investment into the hotels and that uh, new equity can uh, in part be used to pay down some of the debt that's there Um, and so uh, um, and we are seeing new equity coming in 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 parts of the hotel sector we've all read about the international investors buying some of the Mm. high profile hotels particularly in in Dublin the trouble is uh, trying to New equity investment, trying to get buyers into what's known as the tier three hotels, and that's really the hotels outside of Dublin and perhaps Cork and Galway City, um, and that's where the where the difficulty is. That's where the market failure is is, is at the moment. So what's happening is that banks are foreclosing on troubled stressed borrowers, uh, receivers are ending up with the hotels. Normally, what you'd expect to happen, if you look at other countries that have gone through these cycles, the receivers then fairly quickly sell on these hotels or these assets at, at lower prices to a new buyer, and the new buyer is able to get on with business. But that's not happening in Ireland. The receivers are stuck With these hotels, they're not able to find any buyers, at least outside of the the main cities, and that's gumming up the recovery process.
0: And this debt reduction presumably means debt write-off by the banks, which isn't particularly good news for taxpayers, is it?
1: Um, well, uh, I mean, the, the, the banks are, are taking losses and, and have taken lo- losses on, 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 these, on these loans. Um, a lot of the losses are uh, accrued not to Irish banks at all, actually, so it's certainly not good for British taxpayers because uh, there's huge losses have been suffered for, by Bank of Scotland, uh, Bank of Scotland Ireland. Oh, um, so it's not, it's not a case of uh, uh, debt write-offs when you have uh, a bankrupt borrower The bank is taking the premises, taking the hotel from them, and then is trying to sell them off. And of course, that is a hit for the bank. But uh, that asset, that hotel, needs to get back into circulation. Needs somebody needs to buy it, uh, because if not, it would close down. And if it's a viable hotel, that is a hotel that, on a day-to-day basis, can turn a profit. Not enough profit to service the debt, but at least can turn a profit. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a hotel that should stay in business. Uh, because it employs people and it's adding to the domestic economy so that it would be inefficient to close that hotel. It just needs to be sold on to somebody else at a lower price.
0: And yet we've quite a bit of competition at the minute for certain hotel assets, haven't we? I mean, if you look in Port Marnock, for example, there was a guide price of 20 million on that hotel and it, it sold for 30 million. The Pierce Hotel in Dublin had a guide price of 9 million euros sold for more than 14 million euros to Delata. latter. And the latter itself went public on the stock market recently, raising 265 million euro that it plans to spend on hotel assets, primarily in Ireland. So there is strong interest in Irish hotels.
1: Well, there certainly is in, in Dublin. Uh, there's no doubt about that things are flying. And it, it was not surprising, in fact I wrote a report about this a couple of years ago, predicting that uh, there would be a lot of international uh, interest in hotels in, in Dublin. Because what, what you've seen is that uh, a lot, of, lot more tourists in Ireland, tourist numbers are up um, up steeply, over the last uh, last two years. And uh, I mean, for guys down the country like me, coming up to trying to get a room in Dublin, it's hard to get a room, and they're expensive. So rooms, uh, the hotels in Dublin City are able to push up the rates that go straight through to the profits. So things are looking good in the hotel sector in, in Dublin City. In fact, there's reports coming out saying that Dublin City might need another 2,000 bedrooms over the next few years. So things are fine in Dublin City in the hotel front. Uh, and therefore that's attracting a lot of international investment as, as predicted. The problem is it's a very, very different story when you get outside of Dublin, outside of the main cities. There you have hotels that are still struggling. You have lots of uh, viable hotels but they don't attract international investors too small. But
0: the trophy assets are still are still selling well outside Dublin, aren't they? If you look at Doonbeg with Donald Trump, if you look at Mount Juliet bought by Bretton Capital, Park Nasillas taken over by some rich individuals there recently as well.
1: That's right. Those, those are high-profile or what some people call trophy hotels outside of Dublin. And again, they will uh, they will attract investors, no problem with that. But it's it's what people refer to as the Tier 3 um, hotels, and they're the smaller hotels outside of the main cities. That's where the difficulty is in getting new investment, and they account for Almost two out of every three uh, hotels in terms of number of rooms, 64% of the hotel rooms are in those areas. And that's, and, and, and it's those hotels that will not attract Donald Trumps. And so we, there's a, we have a real problem with them.
0: Now, you floated the idea of the new Irish Strategic Investment Fund making about £100 million available for properties that are viable but uh, currently undercapitalised. How would that work? Um, so
1: the way we we'll would work is that you might have, let's say, a, a manager of a hotel someplace who knows the business, who would uh, might be working in Dublin and would like to go back to some small town in the west of Ireland because there's some hotel that's in the hands of the receiver. Unfortunately, that, that manager who could run that hotel really well and, and make a thriving business out of it can't get uh, enough capital, enough of a down payment to be able to buy that uh, buy that. Uh, hotel. That's where the the shortage is a shortage of equity capital. So uh, the way this would work is that that hotelier could apply to this new fund and uh, borrow money from the fund uh, and and that would serve as the equity uh, that would be used to purchase the hotel along with a bank loan and then uh, the uh, strategic investment fund would take uh, some share of the hotel but the the um, the, the manager the new owner could then pay off that uh, the the strategic fund over over five years, uh, and then would end up uh, would, would end up refinancing the loan. So it's a way of providing equity into potential and potential buyers, people who would be interested in, and could run really well these small hotels.
0: And Alan, where would you stand on the VAT break that hotels have been enjoying over the past few years? I think it's costing the Exchequer something like 350 million euro a year, um, but it was extended in the last uh, budget. Are you in favour of it?
1: I haven't done any study on that, so I I, I don't have any say on us.
0: Okay, all right. Alan, uh, thank you for joining us. Stay with us because uh, we'd like to get your thoughts on our next uh, topic, which is uh, Johnny Ronan. He was the poster boy of the property boom in the Celtic Tiger years, and he was also one half of the partnership behind Treasury Holdings, one of Ireland's biggest developers. On Wednesday, the Irish Times, commercial property editor Jack Fagan reported that Ronan is about to get back into business in Ireland by acquiring a site beside the Burlington Hotel for €40.5 million with a UK partner called Development Securities. Ronan is also reported to be close to exiting NAMA by repaying his €400 million in loans in full, and I should say that NAMA has declined to comment on this. Uh, John McManus, uh, business editor of the Irish Times, if I could start with you uh, on this topic, it would mark quite a comeback for Ronan,
2: especially given the size of his loans when the economy crashed in 2008. Absolutely. I mean, I think if somebody had said to you in uh, 2009, 2010, when um, NAMA was being constructed, that uh, Johnny Ronan would go into it, not only would he go into it, he'd be coming out of it five years later and um, have 40 million to spend on. Uh, on fresh assets, you'd say, you would have been pretty surprised. You would not have thought that's how it was going to work. And, um, because uh at the time, the, the, the Taoiseach and, and and the finance minister, you know, Brian Kahn and Brian Lennon, went to great lengths to say that what NAML was not going to be was a bailout for developers, that they would have to repay every single penny they owed before they would be allowed um, exit and they would be pursued to the ends of the earth and so on and so forth. What we're just not sure about is what's not clear is whether Ronan has been pursued to the ends of the earth or not. Um, as we understand, it he still owes NAMA 400 million, but somehow he's managed to find 40 million to, to put down for a new um, office block. And um, NAMA, given it's, it's a, a very sort of secretive way of operating, uh, it's that we do not know what, um, what arrangement they've come to with Ronan. But they would
0: cite commercial confidentiality as any bank would have uh, with a customer.
2: Well, the commercial sensitivity gets you so far, but the public interest is also a very, very important um, issue, particularly uh, given that it's the taxpayer who's um, who's uh, behind all of this. And um, I'm not sure that the, there's a balance to be struck, but the balance always seems to to to, to favor um, the uh, NAMA itself and its clients rather than the, than the, uh, uh, the than the taxpayer.
0: We have a situation where Baron McNamara is reportedly poised re-entered the construction market here after going through bankruptcy in the UK. Uh, Michael O'Flynn and Cork has had his loans transferred out of Nama to a, a private equity buyer at a substantial discount. And, of course, now we've uh, Ronan and it seems poised to return, even though um, taxpayers had to take a hit on the loans uh, issued to his company Treasury Holdings. There's uh, several sharp intakes of breath, I think, for uh, people to take there in, in respect of that. Uh, but, you know, is that just not the way it has to be?
2: Well, I think you can you can draw a distinction, if you like, between um, Michael O'Flynn uh, uh, in that he was a very cooperative. Uh, he was cooperated cooperated with NAMA. He um, he did everything they asked of him, and then in the end, his loans were not were bought out by a third party, uh, 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 a U.S. fund, and it's up to them now to reach an agreement with Michael O'Flynn as to um, what interest he has in the business um, uh, uh, in the future. And uh, one expects he, he will have one, and he'll have to be uh, incentivized to, um, to to continue. And you, you you could argue that's reasonably fair in that, um, you know O'Flynn uh, cooperated with NAMA, and now he's uh, he's got a chance to to still have some skin in the game. And NAMA got what it could for all his assets. With uh, what with what Johnny Ronan seems proposing is, um, it's a little more complicated. He he owes four hundred million. He says he's going to dispose of some assets, and then the rest of that will be taken out by um, Development Capital, a, a UK-listed fund that we don't know very much about. And um, should,
0: should we care, though? I mean, if we get the original sum back, and this is the par value, this is what the loans would have issued to Johnny Ronan in the first place, the circa €400 million, Euro, if he manages, in some way or other, to cobble together the money to give to NAMA to repay those loans, should we care where it comes from or how he
2: goes about it? If he... if. Um, well, I don't think we can care because I think the, the, the legislation does say that if you repay all your debts, um, that's it; you're you're um, you're free of NAMA. But uh, I think what what people want to see is well, will that, what will people will want clarity about two things, I suppose. One is 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 that actually what's happened, and what will the uh, will the, the the residual amount taken out by development capital, uh, what price is paid for that? Um, and Will Roan and then have an interest in what development capital do. And then um, the other thing I suppose they'll, that people will, will, will stick in people's throats is the fact that he was a very, very uncooperative borrower uh, in his other guises, um, Treasury, Treasury Holdings, who had to be chased through the courts and uh, uh, a very expensive litigation.
0: Yeah, Alan Ahern, I might bring you in on this point, because you were an advisor to the late finance minister, uh, Brian Lenehan, from, I think it was March '09 to March 2011, a time when the NAMA legislation um, was framed and NAMA itself was uh, was established. Take up the transparency issue that John has raised. Um, has uh, Was that a flaw in the legislation, um, the fact that we never seem to get any details about the debtors or the kind of deals that NAMA does uh, with these debtors?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I'm, I mean, uh, in, in many ways is transparent. I think they're they're held in front of, uh, doll committees, uh, regularly every few months. By all accounts, lots of publications come in them. I guess we don't have sort of nitty gritty about uh, de- uh, individual transactions with individual borrowers. But then, then we we don't have that uh, with the banks either. Uh, I mean, we can't uh, journalists can't ring up um, a bank and ask them about. Uh, a small business in Galway, and who, how much is is a loan on that? They can't ask uh, about an individual mortgage holder. How much do they owe? What is their income? Uh, is the bank doing a deal with them? Anything like that? So that's just not. It's, it's not. Uh, but we're talking not, about extraordinary.
0: Possible. We're talking about extraordinary sums in the case well, of these letters. There's extraordinary
1: sums of, in terms of mortgage financing out there, is much bigger than there is in in terms of, of NAMA. So when you have uh, uh, lenders, they have. Uh, they have an obligation not to uh, not to uh, discuss the details of, with, with the borrowers, and that was true with NAMA when the stuff transferred. It transferred from banks. Well, the banks have obligations to NAMA, and NAMA took on those obligations. So it may maybe be frustrating. We'd we'd like to know all the sort of uh, juicy details about individual borrowers, but but uh, that's just uh, it's not possible, and uh, uh-huh. I think re- re- reasonably so. But what we, we, but we of course we. It is right that Nam is held accountable, uh, and there was lots of put stuff put in the legislation to ho- to hold it accountable.
2: But Alan, I mean, you you were there at the time, and um, there was the, people were adamant in government that this that Nam was not going to be a bailout for builders, and um, it, uh, it, it, it 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 has been a bailout for some builders. I mean, Johnny and if he pays all his four hundred million back, it won't be a bailout, but others such as Michael O'Flynn. They have um, they've exited nama now um, they will have an ongoing interest in their business and the uh, nama might have got back what it paid for the loans from the banks but the the, the, the initial amount of money that was written off uh, by the banks when they transferred them loans into nama that money is gone and that's been met by the taxpayer through the recapitalization so it''s it's, it's in effect a bailout and the, the the lack of transparency around that is a is is a is, is a breach of faith, if nothing else.
1: Uh, no, it's not a bailout. No, I, I mean um, it's true that Norm, NAMA bought uh, loans uh, at discounts from the banks, and that meant the banks had uh, had big losses. Uh, NAMA didn't create those losses. The losses were made when the banks uh, lent out that that money. But the creation uh, of NAMA and, and if, and, to a and, You know, it it would be. I think there will come a time where. Um, you know, somebody will invent a machine that can get blood from a stone. I think that will probably happen at some stage. But we don't have one now. NAMA doesn't have one. The banks don't have that. So if you have a borrower who, who has borrowed $500 million, uh, and uh, the bank, the lender, whether it's NAMA or the bank, has security over certain assets and those assets are worth uh, $100 million, and there is no other money there, well then, there's going to be a loss. There's going to be a loss for for the lender, and that's the loss the banks the banks But do. Alan, isn't, I it, think, isn't I think, it? I think I think it was always going to be the case that um, some borrowers were going to get out of this process uh, and, uh, uh, and and be able to get back in back into business. Um, some were going to make it, and some, some weren't, and, and that's the way it looks. It's, it's worked out. Lots of these borrowers have been put into into receivership. You see lots of assets being sold by receivers that are have, are, are coming from uh, enforcement or foreclosures by, by by NAMA, and then you have other people presumably who are paying off all the loans, and that's fine if they do that, and then they can do whatever the, whatever they want. So there, was always going to, there was always going to be a mix, and I think that's the way you're seeing it. But the critical thing was. For NAMA, and it was legislated to do this to maximise the value of its assets. That is, to get back as much as it can from each from each loan. And I don't see any any evidence to suggest that it's 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 it's, uh, it's violating that objective.
0: But Alan, isn't it also true to say that the government of the day led us to believe, if you like, that they were going to that these builders, uh, the people who owed the money, would be chased to the ends of the earth for every last cent?
1: I think that they should not leave any any money on the table. That's absolutely true. I think they bought something like 74 billion of loans for I don't know what amount, maybe 32 billion. I mean, if you're if you're saying to me that NAMA should get back and should be able to get back 74 billion, then I'm afraid you're you're just living in cuckoo land. We we had a massive bubble, property prices, asset prices collapse. There were going to be huge losses, and that's what uh, that's what you're seeing. So, so the you uh, NAMA should try to get back as much as it can. Maybe it should aim to get back to 74 billion, but but let's be realistic; it can't possibly get anything uh, near to that. If it was able to get that, then it's completely undervalued its properties when it initially mm-hmm. bought them. Uh, so uh, you yeah, uh, NAMA, as I said, its objective was to maximise the value uh, of the assets. Uh, if somebody has evidence that they're they're leaving huge amounts of money on the table, that if they're flogging off some assets, uh, maybe they have personal guarantees that are not enforcing, then by, by by all means let's uh, you know let's let's show show the evidence of that. But but I, I I don't see it. They seem to be paying off their senior debt. They set themselves some objectives uh, to pay that off. And how do, you, how do you judge how an asset management company does, I think, the way yeah. you do it? We, we
2: could go around in circles, Alan, but I mean, NAMA was not set up to, to maximise its assets. NAMA was set up to, to cleanse the banks of their loans. That was the purpose of NAMA, And so the, the loss that was created in the banks is an integral part of the NAMA process. And that, that, uh, the, 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 the beneficiary of that loss, if you like, is the property developers who loans were then sold out of NAMA. At a discount, and they still have an interest in that business. You know, they have they have still got an interest in their business in the same business they had going into NAMA, but that business's debts have been written down very substantially. I mean, that's 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 a bailout. I can't get that sort of a deal on my mortgage from the bank. They won't give me that sort of a bailout.
1: The um, so so you're right. That the the uh, I mean the the purpose of of NAMA was to. Uh, to help deleverage the banks, or you said to clean out the, the banks. I mean, where would the banks be now if they still had uh, huge amounts of these speculative property loans on on their books? Uh, so, uh, NAMA or any asset management company, there's many NAMAs are around the world, and there have been many times. This is what they do: they they take these loans, but then of course they have the assets. So, what do they do with them? They have to manage them in a certain way, and what do you tell uh, NAMA to do to? Uh, Do you give them a social objective, an environmental objective, or do you give them a commercial objective? How should they work in managing those assets? Because they have to be managed. I mean, these are property assets. You've got to do something with them. You can't just leave them lying there uh, indefinitely. Something has to be done with them. And they were given a commercial mandate. That is, you've paid a certain amount of money. This is taxpayers' money. Get back every single penny you can. Maximise the value. That's the way they were. Uh, that's what the legislation uh, mandates them to do in terms of managing those assets.
0: Let's look at it from a different uh, point of view, whatever the, the merits of uh, a bailout or, or not a bailout. Uh, John, don't we need the likes of McNamara, Ronan and O'Flynn to help get the property market here back in its feet?
2: Well, we need, we need developers, but I, I, I think um, it's a fair question to ask whether or not we need these particular developers, because um, uh, by definition, none of them were uh, terribly good. And most of them seem to be, uh, 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 seem to be saying, um, it was the bank's fault. They lent me too much money. If they hadn't lent me the money, I wouldn't have got into this trouble. And if that's all it takes to be a property developer, then we could pretty much all be a property developer if we were relying on the banks to, to guide us as to how much we should pay for things. So I um, I, I don't necessarily I think we need property developers but I think uh, as a government policy putting these particular individuals back on their feet is not necessarily uh, advisable or, or very equitable and if there's money to be made in property development in Ireland the money will come there's plenty of big international property development companies with much better records than these individuals who no doubt could um, could develop properties here
1: Alan your thoughts on that um, I mean, I agree with John that we, we need uh, we need people to build houses. We have a huge shortage of houses, particularly in Dublin. Uh, and the small builders building one or two houses aren't they're not going to fix it. It's, we've got to be building uh, at a fairly large scale. Uh, I mean, I I couldn't care less who who builds them as long as somebody builds them. I don't know I don't know if it's government policy uh, to, to to have these particular individuals coming back out uh, building them. Uh, a person, if, if he has borrowed a lot of money during the boom years, and if they repay all that money uh, to NAM or to one of the banks, well, then nobody can stop them going
0: back into Yeah, and the clearly in the case of McNamara, he's gone through a bankruptcy process in the UK, so he, and he's come out the other side clean, if you like. So, Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone's putting their
1: arms around them and saying, well, these people are going to rely on. But uh, if, if you have people who have gone through that process or repay all their loans... And if they're builders, that's, if that's their, their business, well, then let them off uh, and uh, let, let them build houses they're where, not where not we totally need them. They're
2: not really good builders, though, are they?
1: Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't judge Well, that. come on.
2: Nama, I think, is the, the setting of Nama is proof of that didn't
1: it uh, well yeah, um, I mean we had a huge boom and bust you're right and uh, and developers were part of that banks were part of that uh, some people say the media were part of that and there's, there's many other players Marsh, who, Marsh. Who, who played a role
0: Alan five years on do you think NAMA has delivered on what it was supposed to do originally
1: uh, it has yeah, undoubtedly it uh, it was set up to deleverage the banks it has done that Um in terms of managing its assets, it seems to be it it, it bought the loan by issuing nama bonds uh, and if those bonds are not paid off they will convert they will convert to become part of the national debt uh, so we need nama to pay, to pay off all those bonds before that happens but uh these from the statements by by uh, Frank Daly, they, they seem to be on track to, to, re, to repay, all, and repay it, all that.
0: It looks like NAMA might be wound down in the next couple of years. I mean, is that is that wise? Given that the Irish economy is recovering now, prices are recovering, and so on, will we get the best value for taxpayers by a hurried uh, wind down?
1: I mean, that's a judgment call for them. Uh, there is an extraordinary appetite, international appetite, for Irish assets. So there, there is maybe a case for uh, making hay when the sun is shining and, and uh, you know, it's in a very uncertain world. Who, who knows what things are going to be like in 12 months' time? So I think there is there is a case if if, if the demand can take it to, to, to make that supply available. And if that means that they're going to be wound down faster, uh, then so be it.
2: It does seem expedient, doesn't it, that... that uh and maybe that explains why uh, things are being done that perhaps all asking equal people wouldn't necessarily want to be done. but um, you know in terms of who benefits in the, in the, in the long run from, from NAMA, given that as you were saying it's um, the contingent liability on the state is always there and the seed of that can be extinguished, then maybe the better. And if you end up having to put back into business somebody who uh, you didn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily want to see back in business, um, you'd do it. Okay, that's
0: it from the show this week. My thanks to our contributors, Alan Ahern and John McManus. Thanks also to producer Sinead O'Shea and sound engineer JJ Vernon. I'm Ciarán Hancock. Until next time, goodbye.